0: abnormal Christian. I'm Brad Mason. I'm here with my wife, Natasha Mason.
1: Hi.
0: Hopefully I have gotten over my coughing fit. Um, So if you're listening to the last episode, uh, I was coughing quite loudly. (laughs) Hopefully I edited some of that out. Um, Sometimes you talk so much your throat gets all scratchy and dry. Mm -hmm. So um, episode 14 and 15, if you haven't heard those, they actually went up in different orders. Episode 15 went up before episode 14. Uh, we had some technical errors with episode number 14, so hopefully that'll get up and you will be able to experience that wonderful, wonderful episode. So we're on to episode number 16, and hopefully my wife will say something instead of just staring at me. And uh, I
1: think I talked a little bit in the last one, thank you. You did,
0: you talked a little more. Uh, if you'd move a little closer to the mic, that would help. She's. I'm going to make her get a little closer so we can hear a little bit louder when we speak. But anyway, so this episode is going to be focused on...
1: Worship. What is worship? i was
0: oh, singing in Latin there for a second, so uh, <laughs> that makes it right, isn't it? <laughs> It's funny to me because if you see these uh, things on TV where people get married or, or there's something big going on or, like, they, uh, they elect a new pope, um, there's always a crowd of, like, choir boys, and they're all singing things in Latin, like, that's God's favorite language. <laughs> it cracks me up. Cause, and, and I would guarantee you that Latin is probably not his most favorite language.
1: What? He was a Hebrew. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, he was the God
0: of the Hebrews. So if they sang in <laughs> Hebrew, he'd probably love it. But I'm mean, not saying he doesn't care. But um, But anyway, that's another subject.
1: We digress.
0: We digress. We do. So uh, anyway, back to the abnormal Christian. Thanks for being here. We hope you share these podcasts with your friends and family and say, "Hey, listen to these two people ramble on about stuff they have no business talking about, uh, the and they morons. offend. They offend everyone. So, and and that's not our goal. Our goal is not to be offensive. Our goal is to be um, just to share. Yeah, just to talk about perspective, what we see and the things that what, what you know what's on our mind um, and Christianity and um, how aggravated some things make you and how they get on your nerves. So speaking of that, this episode, uh, is about worship and looking at worship a little bit from an article that I had read two weeks ago. I, I spoke and talked to my wife about it and I said, you know, I read this article. Um, we, we went to a, a concert last year, uh, in California, saw the wonderful Orange County Supertones, still one of my favorites all time. Um,
1: as we sit and look it up. Yeah, poster's hanging on Poster the wall. So, the wall.
0: Um, anyway, so we had a great time while we were there. It was probably two, three hours, um, and it was a great – I mean, it was just a great time, and there was a great fellowship. The guy – you know, the drummer spoke in, in the middle of the, uh, the show. He gave the gospel. He told about the wondrous love of God. I mean, it was absolutely moving and impactful. It was awesome, right? So – <clears throat> we leave, and I think when we left, we were still on what was what I would consider an emotional high because I think mm-hmm. that's what happens is we leave, and we're emotionally up, and we're charged, and we're supercharged, and we want to do things for God, and oh, and then we get back to real life, and you kind of get oh, peter off, right? So um, the article that I read was about a young girl who had gone to a Christian, uh, one of these mega church deals, I guess, and um, they had the live band. And the band played, and they played all these worship songs, and everybody got into it, and everybody had their hands in the air, and they're all wooing and on, and they're all, you know, Sweet. yeah, exactly, and we're they're forth. praising God, and they're having a great time, and it's all, you know, and she said, you know, I had a wonderful time, and she said then two hours later, I was having sex with my then boyfriend, and she's like, what happened? I don't understand.
1: Why is that not translating through? Right, the because here I am her sitting life.
0: here, here I am sitting here and I'm worshiping God, but mm-hmm. then she said I'm And you're
1: really feeling it. You probably really are.
0: Absolutely. She said and then a couple hours later I'm doing something that he doesn't want me to do. You know, what happened? I don't understand how worship, how is worship failing us? And she says, you know, worship is failing our youth and worship is failing our churches because it is a uh, it, it doesn't make sense to her. So, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast and and I've talked about it frequently that it is um. It is... It is the truth versus the emotions, and I think that's the problem. And so, you know, I want to look at some of the scriptures and things uh, that talk about worship and what is worship. So John chapter 4, verse 24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So there's two things there that we have to worship God in. One is the spirit, and the other is truth. The one thing you don't see on that is emotions. It doesn't say that we have to worship him in our emotions. That we don't need to be—it doesn't say we have to be emotional when we worship God. It doesn't say that we have to uh, cry and scream and holler and pour out whatever. And you know, uh, there's this back in the '90s. One of the things that a church I went to, one of the things used to, it was it was a phrase that used to grind me all the time. But the leader would get up there and they said, "We're going to offer up our sacrifices of praise." And it was just every service. It was, "We're going to offer up more sacrifices of praise." And I'm like sacrifices of praise, you know, I I get what they're saying, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna praise God. Um, But they made it more dramatic, because they called it sacrifices of praise. Um, And it kind of drove on my nerves. So when I get to thinking about worship, I think that article that the girl wrote was absolutely right. I think uh, we look at worship, and when you think of worship in this, in the current church era that we're in now, uh, worship now seems to mean A large band, lots of music, lots of lights, um, everybody getting really emotional and ethereal, and lots
1: of socializing.
0: Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, uh, You know, crowd unison singing, and you know, so that and that's what we define as worship. We're going to come together this Sunday, and we're going to worship God. We're going to have
1: a bounce house afterwards,
0: right? So it it takes a different. (laughs) Okay. You know, when we look at it, I think I asked my wife. I said, "You know, is this what they did?" When the temple was in in Jerusalem and people came up to worship God, we know that they they sang, we know they did that. Um but is this what worship meant? And I don't think that's it. I don't think that I don't think that's what it means. I mean I think I know you know, the the Bible says when they brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem in King David's time that he danced and sang in front of the ark as it came down the road, basically. I mean they're they're worshiping and singing god with songs and spiritual hymns yes but at the same time there's there's um there's reverence for what they're what they're doing you know there's reverence for god there is um Worship has got to be more than just singing songs and jumping around like a bunch of idiots. It just does. It has to be. Um, because to me, you, here's and here's what this girl's article is really boiling down to, is that they were you have all these people that come in and they don't know anything about the Bible and they don't know anything about God and you get them to singing and you get them to put their hands in the air. They get the feeling that they're in a corporate, they're doing something great, they're doing something with others who believe in God. They get to feeling like, hey, I believe in God too. Now, that we could even be speaking about lost person. Hey, I'm believing in God because I'm here doing this with them. And then when they leave, they go right back into the sin that they came in with because there was nothing, there was no truth.
1: There was no penetration to the heart.
0: Right. But there's no truth. Exactly. There's no truth that says you know when 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 i listen to christian music okay cuz if you know me you know i i i won't say i exclusively listen to christian music but it's pretty much like 95% of everything i listen to there's a few things that i listen to that are not but it's very it's few and far between those things are even even the things that that are not christian that i listen to are not filthy not a lot of curse words i don't want to hear about somebody's uh, escapades and all that kind of stuff um so most of that and most of the stuff i listen to is christian music Um, And there are some songs that really affect me um, emotionally, but they affect me emotionally because they are based in truth. And it's because I know the truth. And when I know the truth and they sing about the truth, those things get together. And that solid foundational truth. This is why I think you have an older generation of people who love church hymns and you have people who love worship music, what we call worship music. The older faith people who love the church hymns love the hymns because they are rooted and grounded in the factual truth. Some of it's a little, yeah, you I know, they you know, keep on the firing line. Come on. I mean, you know. So. <laughs> There's some songs out there that are the old hymns that are a little they're, – they're out there, too. They're a little skewed. But, you know, when they when they sing the songs about the power in the blood, power in the blood – and it's talking about the blood of Jesus, and that's a factual – Do people get excited because that truth lives in them, and it is a factual truth. It's not just something somebody made up. It's not this repetitive – and it doesn't have
1: to sound exciting to
0: um, them. No, and, and it's not this repetitive word grouping, um, you know, that we sing 23 times. Hey, let's hit the chorus again for the I'll, 53rd I'll time. Repeat. Right. So, you know, I think it's the, and to me, that's the difference is because uh, music, um, when we talk about music in the church, I really think we. Hmm, I don't want to say we should stop. Me personally, I don't I don't want to say we should stop calling it worship, but I probably wouldn't call it worship if I was doing. I wouldn't say come on in, we're going to have worship. You know, I would probably say let's get together. We're going to sing some songs <clears throat> unto the Lord sing some songs for God, but I think i would probably pull back on always calling that worship. Because what happens is, is that worship is the music time and then there's the preaching, right? So mm-hmm. for the people who come in, they only think that worship of God is this time that we sing songs and they don't get it into their head that worship is not about singing songs. Worship is about what you do when you leave this building. It is the manner and how you live your life. If you believe what God has said in his word, and you believe what he says in his scripture, then your life should reflect that. It should be a reflection. That is worship. That's giving adoration to whatever it is Reverence that you believe and in. Obedience. Yes. Reverence and obedience to whatever you believe in. It's not about singing a song. It's not about going out and buying Hillsong's newest worship album. Um, yeah, I called them out. But anyway, they, <laughs> they'll put out a slew of them along with every other church that's out there. Um, it's not about buying their music and getting an emotional response. The emotions, and this is the problem. This is You go back, again, you go back in 100 years ago and you read some of the stuff that preachers were saying. They were almost prophetic in, in what they were saying because they were saying, emotionalism they could see it coming and they were saying that emotionalism starting to creep into the church and once emotionalism gets in there the truth gets rooted out because the truth gets pushed to the side so then people only come to church because they're looking for an emotional stimulant the emotional high of coming and they want that every now and then and even then they're going to get burned out on it
1: and i don't i don't know if when you said that i don't know if you remember when i was watching this documentary on the KKK, and it was talking about the guy. who's kind of okay. I know it's let no, me, go ahead. Just let me finish the thought. He was in China Grove in Salisbury, which right. is really close to where we live. And basically, he was able to have like the biggest chapter of the KKK or something, which I was like, what? I didn't even know that. And it, it just talked about how he was able to get people together. have almost this emotionalism and it wasn't and the truth of this is wrong what you're doing to people just because of the color of their skin they were just able to make almost like a family environment like where they had barbecues and stuff for the kids so it was like um like a like a play atmosphere yeah and so that's that's exactly what i thought
0: well you 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 if you look at cults, that's what they're based on. They're based on emotionalism. David Koresh and the Branch Davidians, it was about fear. It was an emotion that he was feeding. He's feeding fear because he's telling you the government's coming, the world's ending. You better get guns. You better come here. If you don't listen to what I'm telling you, next thing you know, his fear is leading into sexual immorality. I God is telling me which one of these women can be my wife. Even though she's your wife, God is telling me she's my wife now. So he used, and that was Jim Jones and a couple other major um, people who led cults, led based on fear because if, if people are afraid that they're going to go to hell because they're failing God, but you have the answer. If they're afraid that, you know, the world's going to end, but you're going to protect them, or the, uh, the Heaven's Gate people, remember they all committed suicide, mm-hmm. there, were, there, there was a UFO that was coming, it was supposed to be the end of the world, so they off themselves because that's how they were going to, because it was fear, he let, they let out of fear, but that's an emotion that somebody has learned to tap into to understand, and that's probably one of the stronger emotions, that we can get people to do what we want them to do, if we lead them through fear, right? And I think a lot of people do it, even your small... Small church pastors can do that, you know. They can say, mm, "You're not supposed to, oh, brothers, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as often the manner of some, as they see that day approaching." You know, hey, you're you're not. Um, that
1: really was his voice. That
0: really was me. <laughs> you're you're not um, you're not going to church. You know, you should be wary that God's going to punish you because the Bible says that God chastises those that He loves, and you're not coming here enough, and so putting fear on people that they're failing God by not coming to a building, right? So it's people, guilt. it is. It's an emotion. It's a it's an emotion because we're emotional creatures, so that's how we operate. The Bible looks at us, and and the Bible says you need to put that stuff to the side. The Bible says your heart is continually wicked, and it said you need to put what your heart— you'll see it on Facebook, those little posts that people post, and they say, all you have to do is follow your heart. Absolutely not. Your heart leads you to hell. So the Bible says put your heart to the side and stand on the truth of God's Word because what God tells us is going to be true no matter what, Correct. Right so that is the truth so true true worship of God is going to be living our lives according to his word, not according to my feelings not it's you know, there's going to be times we're going to have emotion you know we're going to um the the spirit is going to recognize. You know, I think when I think of emotion, I think of uh, Jesus and John the Baptist's mother. I can't remember her name. This is one of the things i to him. Mary and John's mother. <laughs> John's mom. So she gets together, <laughs> right? So Mary gets together with John's mom, and she says, I am pregnant with the Messiah. And the Bible says that the John the Baptist who was in his mother's womb leapt. He heard what she said, and he leapt because he knew she had the Messiah in her. That's an emotional response to truth. She's going to have the Messiah. He emotionally responds to that truth, but it's still... says
1: Elizabeth. Boom,
0: there it is. So, So... (laughs) He has an emotional response, right? So sometimes that happens to us. We hear in in our heart, we have the Holy Spirit of God. I'll listen to a song, and they will be talking about the power of God or the blood of Jesus, and they'll be talking about redemption, and they'll be talking about forgiveness. And those things move me because I have that truth in me. But that truth is based on his word, not just a feeling. Because as soon as that is over with, if it's just a feeling, when it's over with, that feeling is going to go away. Um, You know, the the Christian life, and I think a lot of people – uh the christian life is not one that is walked in um glamour it's not walked in success it's not walked in um uh, uh, prosperity it's not walked in a lot of stuff that is glorious you know i mean
1: it can be perceived as very boring and not glamorous
0: yeah it's not a lot of times it's not because sometimes you know we make choices to turn away from things that uh other people would give into and you and i think well most of us do some of us do not most but some of us do we turn away from things uh, that separate us we want to be separate from the world but you know i think uh, that's based on truth that's not based on our emotions you know if right. i separate myself based on something because it's emotionally i didn't like it that's an emotion i don't like that i don't want that i don't eat shrimp because i think it tastes nasty i don't want that it's not based on the truth of of whatever there is you know if it was something that made you sick but you you know, you could say, Well, there's the truth, it's gonna make me sick. But instead we, we live the world the world we live in, everything is based on emotional about uh, well, I just don't like that. That's not my kind of thing. And most Christians don't even do that anymore. No, I mean, can you think of definitive lines that and we've talked about this before, definitive lines that people have drawn in the sand and said, Yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm not gonna do that. I mean, abortion. Boom. That's okay. So you got a majority of right-wing Christians who say, I'm a Christian. I won't commit murder. I won't have an abortion. But I I think
1: that's an easy one.
0: Sure. But that's the point. The reason that's an easy one is because there are no other, there's not many other lines out there where we don't separate ourselves from the world. We dress like them. We look like them. We do the things they do.
1: Well, everybody else is wearing shorts with my butt cheeks hanging out.
0: Sure. I mean, you know. It must
1: be okay. It
0: can't be that bad. God wouldn't judge me for that. I mean, come on. It's just
1: clothes.
0: It's a haircut. It's, I, and I'm not saying we set, we don't, me and Natasha are not setting any definitive lines as to what people should do with their lives and how they should dress and any of that it's stuff. But there need. has to be it's some. Th- there's a relationship that has to be there between us and the Father that says, Father, is this pleasing to you? Is what I'm going to say pleasing to you? Is what I'm going to do pleasing to you? Does this line up with your word? This is how I worship. I should worship by the way that I walk and live my life. Not just by the songs that I sing.
1: Between eleven and eleven thirty on Sunday.
0: Oh, or I, eleven thirty. Who's singing? Eleven to eleven fifteen. Because you got to pass. Understand what I'm saying? You got to pass the plate at eleven sixteen. You can't keep that going. I don't know what you're doing. So, uh, and, and and you know, the, and it's not too. I, I think it's a, I think in the long run, the word worship is going to be one of those words that gets kind of drummed out because I think people are going to get tired of hearing it, just like they do everything well, else. you
1: got to come up with a new catchphrase.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, so worship, yeah, we really nailed that one down pretty hard. Uh, not really. But there's there's plenty of scripture verses, a lot in Psalms. The word worship is used through the scriptures. I know it, it, there's plenty of times there are different ways uh, the Bible talks. Uh, there's different types of worship, I guess. Hmm. I just don't feel like what we do right now is, I think it's worship of God. I think singing songs and praising God, I think it's praising God. I think it's part of it, but I don't think it is 100% worship. I just don't, I've never, and it hasn't been the last couple of weeks, I really just got to thinking about it and praying about it a little bit because I just didn't. I thought, Lord, I don't understand if going to church and singing the songs is the worship, but this is the worship hour. Then when I leave, I'm no longer in worship. I, I no longer worship you. And that's not true at all. That doesn't make sense to me because it's the majority of my life is not spent in a building with other believers. It's a great place to be. Um, it's nice to be with the believers because they're your true family. You, you can be, um, who God wants you to be around them. And I get it. Um, but your life is not spent there. The majority of your life is spent away from them and actually in the world. So what does it look like? Am I walking around singing, um, restless love all day long while i'm at work
1: restless it's reckless
0: oh restless reckless (laughs) redemptive whatever it is am i walking around singing that song all day long at work just so people know that i'm in worship of god right now no absolutely not
1: that's how you live your life
0: right it's the way that i treat other people it's it's you know the, the bible talks about what is pure and undefiled religion and then it goes in again to Taking care of the widows and the shut-ins, and feeding the poor, and clothing the naked, and feeding the hungry—these are the things because that are. Because
1: that's how they see God. Right.
0: These are the things that are they feel his presence. worship of God. Um, so it's it's. If you got any comments on that, and you want to comment on worship, what does worship mean to you? Maybe you're thinking a little bit about it, and maybe you're thinking more about, man, my church seems to do these worship services all the time. Is it really worship of God? Um, when the people leave, do they go back to living? And this is the, this well, is a real. I think
1: it is worship. It is.
0: I'm not saying it's not.
1: Um, but it's it's not a full breadth. It's
0: Right. It's the adoration of God, but it should be grounded in truth. That's the point. Mm -hmm. The article that the girl wrote, that was her whole point is that you've got these young kids coming into these things. They're going to these Christian rock shows. They're going to these Christian rap shows. They're going to a church that has a huge band and they're, they're uh, having a wonderful time for two or three hours and then walking out and going right back into sin because they didn't learn anything different. And you should, and I know you're going to say, Hey, that comes after the preaching. The preaching should come in and, um, it should uh, the preaching should be giving them the truth but the problem is and
1: it does but it all comes in your in your mind which
0: in your mind which one gets more preeminence uh, when you think of that type of thing in church is it is it the preaching that gets more preeminence or is it the music session what, which it's one gets music, more? It's the music
1: because then during the preaching you kind of nod off and you're yeah. like, "Oh my god, I
0: wish this be over." It's, it is. It is. I think you know, there's more. There's more uh, practice. There's more. Um, there's more stage presence. There's more. All these things that these uh, larger, newer churches do—they put on all this theatrical stuff to get your attention during the worship session, and then the guy slides in and he's supposed to give you some kind of. Uh, well, I think you know, what
1: would maybe be more effective is not just having a set-in-stone kind of order of operation, so to speak. It, you might start out with a song and take it some you're following offering, and then you right. speak a little bit, then you sing another song. Like, so it's kind of like...
0: But you're following a model. And, and this is the honest truth. This is the simple, honest truth of, of uh, church order of worship. Every denomination, almost every denomination, almost every Pentecostal Baptist, Lutheran Methodist, all of them, Catholic, um, everything is going to start with singing. There's going to be some songs, there's going to be a plate passed around, and there's going to be a guy who tells you something from the scripture. That's almost every denomination. You rarely walk into a church or a a service where somebody says, "Hey, you know what? We don't have a really great plan today." We, you know, the Bible says they should be orderly. I get that, but I think that doesn't necessarily means it needs to be typed on a piece of paper. I, but I don't, I don't think you have any the sponta- spontaneity. That's the word I'm looking for the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit moving.
1: But I think, at least for me personally, the times where I felt most of the presence of God in a church. Is when it was like that. When it was, does anybody have anything they like to stand up and <coughs> say? Does anybody have a testimony? And somebody stands up and says what God did for them this week, and then, right. so then someone else stands up. And a, you. you just but kinda, you're, you're
0: talking about old church. Come on.
1: I, but I'm just. But saying. you're talking about
0: old church. You're talking about church like it was back in the 80s and the 70s and old church. Yeah. So Oh yeah, to, like, that that seemed like that really got at you. So, you know, you know, again, uh, maybe uh, these okay, podcasts. Okay, it
1: shouldn't be what I get out of it. Right,
0: right. It's it's but supposed to be I'm, what you're putting into it. Right.
1: My soul needs to be fed.
0: Right. I'm just saying, <laughs> and I agree with that. I understand that. I I think. Um, hmm. I just don't know where this. I don't know where it goes. I, mean, I think for me, I look at I look at modern contemporary church. Where does it go? Um, how much more contemporary and modern can we get? And how and where are we at in the next forty to fifty years?
1: It'll probably cycle back around to the old rugged cross. But, it,
0: no, but I... I would say it could, but my fear is is that the um, I want to call it ecumenicalism, but I don't think that's right. Uh, Universalism, maybe that's a better term for it. I think the problem I have is that the universalism is going to start creeping in, and it's going to be um, a worship of an unknown deity. Because I think it's what it is. You have to know that's what I think of it now. I think the majority of people in churches worship God as they know God. He's God. We worship God. We only worship the one true God, the God of the Bible. That's God. It, to, mo, to most people, he doesn't have a name. They don't know his Yahweh, Yehovah. They don't know him. They don't know that. Well,
1: I think most um, Christians don't know that.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. I've never heard of that right. until they, you told me that. They don't know that, and so my my fear is when we look into the future, we see a, a, a group of believers of whatever kind, um, because the world is pushing so hard to mush uh, Islam and the God of the Bible and the God of this or the God of that. They're trying to mush all those be things together. Right. The universalism. He's, he's so not. Um, I actually watched a, a podcast not a podcast, a video uh, from a church, a literal church, a universalist church. I've never seen a church that does this, Uh, but they're universalists, and they don't believe in—they used the Bible. They based what their fundamental core beliefs were off the Bible, supposedly. I don't really know how core they were, but um, they used the Bible as kind of like, this is how we get people in the door. We believe the Bible. And they sat there, and this woman sat there, and she went on for her speaking. Her speaking was about some kind of whirling dervish. Um, But anyway, and it was about these whirling dervishes don't believe in the God of the Bible, but they worship God. So as long as they're worshiping God, it's okay because we worship God too. And their God is the same as our God. And that's my concern for the future. If we're not getting up there and we're not drawing hard lines in the sand and we're not saying God of the Bible, who is Yahweh, his son, Yeshua, we call him Jesus. These are the two that are the most important beings in the universe. And this is what they have for us. If we are not saying that 50 years from now, the church is going to be worshiping a God that does not have a name, does not have a face, didn't have a son. Um, they're not going to know what he did, and all they're going to do—no, one way to heaven—they're going to be—they're going to be singing songs they consider worship and praise, and they're not going to know who they're praising. And it's going to be a—the and the Bible says the end will not come unless, except there is a great falling away. Who is falling away? What is falling away? The church, that? right? It, <laughs> It's—it can't be. Uh, The world is already lost Non-believers
1: are already Right
0: They're already away from God Failed
1: away Failed away Failed away
0: They're already (laughs) failed away It can't be non-believers because they're already separated from God. So it has to be church people because they have to fall away. It doesn't mean they become lost. It just means it becomes, um, like I would say, lost in their ways. They're not unsaved. They're they're falling away from God. They're uh, <clears throat> still as children, like the prodigal son, but they've gone off to be with their friends basically. So what happens in the future is I think people start separating themselves from the God of the Scripture by saying, well, the Bible doesn't mean what it means. You know, it's not as important as we said it was. Um, and we want to worship God how we want to worship God, and he will accept our worship or, or he won't. It's the Cain and Abel, right? I brought you what I want to bring you, not what you required, and you need to accept it. And, that's, and honestly, I think that's where it comes down to for me and you. This is a threat for me and you and our children. When we get into a future where people say, hey, I'm bringing my worship to God the way that I want to bring it, not the way that he requires it, they get angry when me and you say, we're going to do it the way God wants it done. This is what happened with Cain and Abel. He got angry at his brother because God accepted his offer, his sacrifice, and he killed him over it. And I think that's still alive, and I think that's still something in the future we have to look at, because I think the church uh, groups and people are going to say, "Well, this is how we do it. You're so old-fashioned. I don't understand what your problem is." And you're going to be demonized, and you're going to be talked about, and you're going to be scrutinized. And it's you know, I just see that to me, because there is no great falling away from God um, except from people, those that don't believe. right? Except people who who believe give themselves into something, and they say, you know what, Eh, we're going to follow after this, you follow after that. Um, So I think in the future that could be problematic. But just this whole podcast is really uh, centered around getting people to think about what worship is and what does it mean. Um, Again, uh, disclaimer, we're not the, we don't have any kind of, we don't set rules for anybody.
1: I don't have a theology degree.
0: Absolutely, me neither. Me neither. I ain't got one know-how. So, um, you know, there are people out there who who have, and they could probably get into a whole lot more depth. I'm sure there's plenty of books been written about worship, what it is um, and what it's not. But uh, just a quick, you know, just something we've been thinking about, I've been thinking about for the last two weeks, I wanted to bring up and discuss. If you would like us to discuss a topic or to um, to think about something or talk about it on air, uh, please get on Facebook and leave us a, a topic that we can discuss, and we'd be glad to do that. Um, I'll read your comments. If anybody would make some, I will. You know, whatever you want to say is fine. Uh, we will uh, answer any questions that we can. If you have questions about the Bible and things you don't know, things you want to be curious about, things uh, maybe holidays or whatever it is, if there's something in your life that God is talking to you about and you're not quite sure what's the answer to that, um, you can shoot it to us and we'll see what we can do to get you the best answer possible. Can't always say we'll get everything right, but we'll give you the best answer we possibly can. So from us on the. Ab- normal christian thanks for listening and we will talk to you again
1: adios